0: What's up, y'all? You're listening to Made It.
1: What's up, y'all? You're listening to Made It.
0: You're listening to Made It.
1: What's up, y'all? You're listening to Made It. Where we're telling the stories of the legends that made it. Of legends who made it to inspire the next generation of Black sellers.
0: You're rocking with the Sales for the Culture crew.
1: You're rocking with the Sales for the Culture crew. That's me, Mercy.
0: Boy, Shelton? Me, Nikki. And Jacob. All right, y'all, who are we chopping it up with today?
1: So today we're chopping it up with my dear friend, Lisa Francoeur, also known as Fancyfied. Also known as the Oprah of tech, if you haven't met Lisa, I'm really glad you're meeting her in this format. Although audio really doesn't do her justice, in addition to having a killer sense of style, Lisa has 12 years that she spent mastering business development at LinkedIn. She probably won more awards than anyone else in those teams globally. She's been an absolute master at building relationships and empowering others. You might have seen some of her interviews with the CEO of Snap, Evan Spiegel, Slack CEO, Stuart Butterfield. She's even interviewed the teams at the Obama Foundation. And she created her own proprietary framework for how we can access our genius as women, as professionals of color, and as people. I'm so excited that you all get to spend some time with Lisa. Anytime I spend with her, I find nourishing, mind and spirit. All
0: right, let's get this work.
2: Let's go. Come on. You know, first and foremost, Mercy. Um, I say this with like the most humblest and and grateful of hearts. You know, like I am honored to be here and to have an opportunity to share. Hopefully, what I I what I hope rather are words of wisdom to your listeners, and um, coming from the perspective of someone who's been around the, the the uh been around the sun no no i don't think we go around the sun uh, <laughs> there's many many revolutions has had many revolutions so to speak um you know i, I hope that what i share is is helpful is, is insightful but essentially my name is lisa francourt franco for all my haitians out there um, do your ancestry so that you can find out where you, you know, what you were, um, you know, and, and, and what your lineage is, because before I was Haitian or AICN, as we say, I was Ghanaian, I was Sierra Leonean, um, of course, Nigerian, and um, yes, I'm Ghanaian, like I'm super proud of my African lineage and um, had to shout that out but I'm from New York originally I'm uh, in Florida right now doing the thing for all of your listeners, not listeners out there as well. I think it's important to note that it's not just about how much money you make. It's also about how much money you keep. Um, Ooh, and so <laughs> I say that because Florida and, um, Texas, for instance, you don't pay state tax. We could talk about that later, but again, you know, you're making a commission. You want to be, um, you know, you want to be mindful of these ty- types of, um, you know, uh, benefits. So, okay. Where? What else did you want to know? I talked about my 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 name. I my- love that
1: you started with where you're from, and the other place you're from is sort of with your career. Okay. So, you know, I understand you to have begun sort of in sales. Is that? Oh, it's eleven eleven. Make a wish. <laughs> Y'all, yeah, you don't know. So, Elisa and I, we definitely believe numbers have power, and so very good that we're starting at this moment to talk about your career in sales. I feel like you sort of have this blessed kind of career and journey in that profession. How did you start? Where did you start? Oh, take this us back. is a
2: fun. This is a fun story. Okay, so so truth be told, um, you know, I am also uh, the founder of an organization called Fancyfied, and Fancyfied is a. Um, you know, I'm a motivational speaker, professional motivational speaker, and I work with fortune 500s and, you know, uplift and power their employees. And I also, um, develop, uh, professional development and personal development training programs. And so the reason that I say that is because I want to preface, preface with, um, uh, how I transitioned into sales with, you know, how I launched my career, which was styling. Like I was a fashion stylist, fancified, fancy, um, that's sort of like the origin of the name and um, when I graduated college you know I was always very eclectic and and sort of very not sort of uh, uh, very unconventional and that ref- was reflected in the way that I presented myself and in the world of like personal branding I think that's also a point of distinction it's it's really uh, key to be deliberate with everything that has to do with your essence, your, your personal brand, people uh, will perceive you, especially based on how you present yourself. So these are things early on that I was very clear on. And, you know, I'm sure some of that was just like my, my kind of innate ability to identify how I would be received based on, you know, how I would uh, step into the room, so to speak. And, you know, I was always very artistic and, you know, that sort of just parlayed into uh, styling. People were like, oh, you need to be a stylist. You need to be a stylist. Um, and I don't want to just say I was fashionable because it wasn't a trendy thing as well. No, as it's as not a
1: trendy thing. You <laughs> make the trends. I just, for, for all the listeners out there, first time I met Lisa, when I tell you that, I don't remember what you were wearing, but how you were wearing it. And it's that classic, um, you know, truly true fashion the clothes aren't wearing you, you know, like it was your aura, it was your um, confidence, the bold colors. I remember there was a lime green in there. Um, I'm (laughs) going to try to find a way to like link in this, this episode to um, your site, because there is so much personal expression in how you dress. And I just love that. So it started
2: with fashion started with styling yeah, yeah. And um, it was interesting because, you know, as I said, I'm from New York and I went to school um, in North Carolina. I went to the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. And when I came back from school, I just was like, I hit the ground running. And again, in the vein of like leveraging my appearance, especially from a, you know, a, a style standpoint, people would gravitate towards me. And I used it as like I became a walking billboard. And, you know, I was able to um, just develop relationships, which is also crucial. And a fundamental aspect of any successful salesperson, um, being able to cultivate, you know, strong relationships and by virtue of, you know, I don't like to say networking because it sounds very transactional. Um, I'm a relationship builder and I genuinely care about people's uh, well-being and in, you know, you can, you can, um, in interacting with me, hopefully in hearing me. You can you can sense that you know my intentions I'm very well intentioned and I'm very clear as to uplift empower inspire and unite as my value system. So I say all of that to say I was getting uh, a lot of opportunities and literally doors would be would be open um, you know for me on the the style front and I think that it was a great experiment and I, I enjoyed you know working with artists like Alicia Keys and and Paris Hilton and you know, Um, Shakira, Lil Wayne. The challenge was that it was a, there was a mindset in the industry of what you call quid pro quo, which means, Mm -hmm. you know, like an equal exchange. And that equal exchange was not dictated by me because I didn't have leverage. So a lot of times I would be told, Hey, you know, because you're working with us, that in and of itself is payment. And so um that'll just get you more jobs and you know I'm like 21 years old and I'm like okay you know like the internship but but not interning and so I'm like okay thinking to myself gosh how many times do I have to do this for free and and not be compensated monetarily speaking and look let's keep it 100 you can't hold on a name like fancy so people will be like fancy you know they call me fancy pants back in the day (laughs) and you know I dropped the pants a long time ago that sounds terrible but you know what I'm saying (laughs) So then people would just be like, fancy's here, fancy's here. And so like, I'm like, you can't, think of myself, you can't hold on a name like fancy, fancy pants, um, you know, and not be ca- not be paid. No. So one thing I knew, Mercy, was that I could always parlay myself into the dopest clubs. I could always skip the line. I could always get my friends in. And I have been doing that, you know, I, I hate to say it, but since I was like 15, 16 years old and like parlaying my way into clubs. You know, no ID, not that I'm um, advocating for this. I'm just telling you like it is. <laughs> I think so many like of us can relate.
1: Perhaps me, perhaps <laughs> others. Yes.
2: <laughs> but yeah, that, you know, really um, gave me the inclination that I had a, a, a gift, you know, the gift to gab. So I said to myself, well, if I really want to get paid, why don't I try to do something that I can get paid to do? Adding value is always something that there can be Um, you know, there can be, uh, there can be value when you're adding value. There's, there's, there's a, um, you can create a, a monetization plan based on the value that you're adding. Not all the time, because it's not always about dollars or or, or crypto. Because you know, I'm yeah. in the crypto now. hard body, that we know about that later. <laughs> um, pay me a bitcoin. Yeah. No, um. So I say all of that to say, I decided to make a pivot because I was like not being compensated, and I really wanted to like you know get stabilized, get, you know, financial stability. So I said, okay, let me like look up some sales jobs. Cause if I could parlay my way into these clubs that I could probably, you know, parlay some deals, broker some yep. deals. So I launched my career as, you know, selling ads and um, it's pretty much been, you know, what I've done for, for too many years to admit.
1: <laughs> I love it. And it's interesting. So you knew you had the gift of gab. Was it an instantaneous, like, okay, so sales, okay, so ad sales, or like, what was the journey between realizing that this was, you know, this communication, this influence, this ability to like make things happen? When did that become like, okay, this could be a profession? Was there
2: someone you knew who was in the career? That's really great. That's a great question. To be honest with you, no, there wasn't anyone that I I knew in sales per se. And, you know, in my immediate family, I was like the first one to go to college, graduate college, et cetera. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have, um, you know, a, a intern, you know, my immediate family. I didn't have that type of guidance and direction. And plus, coming from a Haitian family, Haitian upbringing. If you're like not a, you know, a healthcare practitioner, a nurse, a doctor, an engineer, a lawyer, what have you, those traditional, you know, really safe professions. You're not very well you know like it th- that's the extent of what opportunities are available and i do value my culture in that they recognize we recognize how important education is i just think that for somebody like me who's extremely um you know uh not to say counterculture but like extremely unconventional uh it's very difficult to like i'm not going to be i won't jump in a box like you no, can't I put that spot in a box like that's just not i talk about myself a third person i mean how, how unconventional <laughs> is that right Mercy oh. does
1: too. And listen, hold on on that unconventional tip. I always tell people when you are carrying part of the company's bottom line, when you are contributing revenue, talk about leverage and power, you know, my self-expression, you know, my ability to walk, I used to wear those toe shoes. This is the opposite of fashion y'all. I used to wear those Vibrams five fingers through the office, you know, like those shoes that look like two little toe socks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah Were they comfortable though?
1: Yeah, they were. Thanks for trying to make it sound like there was a reason. Um, The main reason was that I wanted to just be different. And I felt like because I was doing well and carrying this revenue number, I had the space and freedom, even though I was in a very traditional sort of conventional job. So it felt like there was space for my weirdness. And I I ran with that. So I can relate.
2: You know, and I wouldn't. I would. I commend you for even like connecting those dots because that wasn't something that I necessarily knew back then. You know, I didn't really understand the the contribution that I was making. And to your point around understanding the mechanics of an organization's like bottom line and and you know their P and L um ratios and kind of how you impact that, which is very crucial because quantitatively speaking, every organization, if you can show them. Um, you know, the value that you're bringing in, in, in dollars and cents, that is a very, very powerful stance. So I encourage everyone to just be very conscientious of that. Because also when it comes to like review time and what have you, if you can point to, you know, these quantitative metrics, that's a language that companies and, and, and executives in particular, that's the language they speak. It makes me think a little bit of the matrix, like
1: um, just in the sense that like it's, it's ones and zeros. And in some ways it means nothing, but in other ways, like, because we live in this world that is like ones and zeros, we, it's just so powerful to communicate. Um, what was your least favorite part of working in that industry specifically Uh, ad sales?
2: Yeah. ad. I mean, it's a very, uh, you know, um, Not that I'm like an MMA fan or, you know, you know, watcher per se, but like, it's a ground and pound type of situation. Like, you know, when you're in sales, especially when you're starting your career, um, a lot of organizations, I sold software for many years, a lot of organizations, you know, they have like SDRs, like sales development reps. So you're calling, 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 code, calling, code, calling. So, you know, back in the day, like you, you, that was it. Like it was just, you know, hours upon hours upon hours of code calling, emailing. It wasn't even like that. Like you just had to straight up call, call, call. You That's changed. More. I swear. So, they don't yeah. call in like
1: they used to. Beepity boop boop, fingers to keys.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is somewhat of a, um, you know, diss- disservice because So so the gift of gab, you know, a gift will get you, but so far, if you're not cultivating that gift and by virtue of being able to have conversations with people that I've never met and understand, you know, instantaneously like how to create value for them instantaneously because you have you know seconds to convey your value prop before you get hung up on or what have you so that is such a tremendous skill and as a motivational speaker now in retrospect i can see how you know integral that was to my ability to Develop my my communication skills, and one other thing I'll add, Mercy, is that you know, and this is really important for your listeners. When it when we look at the future, the future of work is something even for a salesperson that we want to be um, very cautious of. And and you know, this is a bit of a cautionary tale because with you know digitization, virtualization, what used to take a hundred salespeople can be done with a fraction of that. And so now more than ever, we really have to over-index on our communication prowess because the better a communicator you are, the stronger communicator you are, the higher your your value, the higher your worth. They cannot um, automate that. AI cannot communicate. Okay, I see you shaking your head, so let me pause right there. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, it's
1: it's so... It, it's, I'm, I don't know why it's making me a little bit emotional today. I think I'm honestly just like didn't get enough sleep, but also, you know, human to human connection is in sales. I don't care what we're selling. I have had prospects where I've connected so deeply on maybe a topic that sounds like, oh, we're talking about technology. We're also talking about getting them promoted. We're talking about their goals personally and professionally. And that is something that, yeah, no robot can do. And so then sales when it is relationship based. Yeah. Like that. And that's what you've done. I mean, you've won all these awards. LinkedIn gave you a ton of props for this. Like, what is that secret thing that goes beyond gift of gab? What's the thing that happens in a conversation with you and another person in a sales moment? And that's still today, even now with your businesses, like what is that thing that happens between you and the, the prospect or the partner
2: That's, you know, that's such a great question. And like I said it uh, before, and I'm going to say it again, because this is really crucial. Like, I'm not trying to just get, you know, like I err on the side of, of giving, you know, and I think that in interacting with me, you can, you can, for the most part, tell that there's no, there's no motive. I'm not trying to sell you. I'm trying to empower you. And I said, you know, my values at five Uplift, Empower, Inspire, Unite. I have a vision of scaling empowerment globally. I'm an extremely deliberate person. I'm an extremely intentional person. And in my interactions with others, I strive to leave them better off after they've encountered me than prior to. And fundamentally at my core, I've been that way and, and you know, how I have really developed my quote unquote gift of gab is that I was a, um, I was a natural born leader like people listened when I spoke and I knew with that and I guess again this is like God given you know you know I talk a lot about our spirituality but mm-hmm. I knew that with great power comes great responsibility and I vowed to you know this might sound a little um, kind of cheesy but like I just vowed to never use my powers for anything but good. And, you know, even now, like I am, you know, I walked away from a six figure job. I'm making, you know, over 300 grand a year, you know, selling software for Fortune 100. And you mentioned LinkedIn. And I can't deny that that wasn't the company that was paying me that kind of bank. But, (laughs) (laughs) you know, (laughs) I was like, yo, you know, I have a dream and, um, you know, I have a dream of scaling empowerment globally and, and, you know, LinkedIn and, and um, gave me a platform to, to have my voice be heard. And it got to the point where I was like, okay, like I need to, to continue to move on and push forward. And I don't know where the journey is going to take me, but I know that if there's alignment with my vision, my mission, and my values, then I'm straight.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of faith. That's a lot of surrender too, because at the end of the day, um, we can get locked into jobs, we can get locked into roles and even things that we think we are. And it feels like what I see in your journey, and I'd love to get to like what happened after like the sales job was like, it's like almost like shedding skin, like, mm-hmm. like a snake, right? Like, it's not that that thing isn't still true, but like, there's something even more underneath. And so when you left LinkedIn and you kind of launched officially Fancy walk me through each kind of skin shed, like what are all the other sort of identities and parts of yourself that you've sort of, you know, revealed to yourself and to the world? Cause you have a, quite a few things you're doing. Like I, we have 10 minutes, like, I don't know how we're gonna get through all of this.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'll try to give you the abridged version. Um, you know, okay. Selling, first of all, in anything that you do, there's selling involved because, you know, even when you are with your kids, you know, you're negotiating with your kids, go to bed. You got to sell them on the idea of going to bed eat your vegetables, you know, you got to sell, um, you know, they, they, that is just such a, we, we may not recognize it, but, you know, we all are sellers, um, varying degrees, but sellers nonetheless. And so for me, you know, I have always recognized that I had something greater to contribute to. And as a, you know, purpose-driven individual, um, I think that when I, the more clarity i gained around what my overarching um you know mission on this earth was the more confident i became in what decisions and 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 actions i needed to take in order to make that be the reality that i that i lived within and so it was kind of like you know i had like two two paths, you know. I had you know the the corporate path where you know I was doing very well. I was very well regarded in 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 my company and 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 tech at large. You know, I'm an advocate for you know diversity and and have you know subscribed to the ideology of Sankofa, which means go back and bring forward for for you know as long as I can remember. So opening up doors for Black and Brown people and and women and all that good stuff has always been a passion of mine as well. And you know, these are the things that when I think about my legacy roadmap, motivate me to um, make decisions in which the sacrifices short term, um, inevitably lead to long term gain for myself and others. And so that has been my um, compass. And so yeah, making you know, a lot of money is great. But for me, that's not the extent of happiness and joy, you know, my happiness and joy comes from we winning, not I winning, you know? And I think that was the point where I was like, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not really honoring my mission if I'm solely focused on my individual gains. And you know, that, that clicking for me caused me to downgrade a lot to your point around shedding skin. I had to like also recognize that there were people in my life that um, didn't have my best interest at heart. And if I subscribe to the like, I'm about the collective and empowerment of the collective There's a level of reciprocity just inherent in that, you know, like being a part of the collective and serving the collective, the collective serves you. And so I had to like walk away from a lot of people um, that just weren't of that, that mindset, including my ex-husband. And I had to walk away from New York, my hometown. I had to walk away from everything that I had built. And I said to you before, I'm going to say it again, there could be no resurrection without death. Yes. And what's so powerful is I hear so much like um,
1: ownership and accountability. Like sometimes people talk about losing things, but I heard you say, I walked away from. So it's like, it's a choice, right? And it's a powerful one and there's pain, but it's when we choose because we're walking towards something. What did you choose to walk
2: towards? Well, one thing I will say is that Buddha has um, articulated this so eloquently and, and, and just so succinctly. And that is, Pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. So you can't avoid pain in life. It's a part of the human condition, the human experience. Mm -hmm. Suffering is when we choose to, you know, victimize ourselves. And I'm not saying that that is an an easy thing to do or diminish any of the suffering that anyone has experienced, but I can say from, you know, my own personal life that the, the walking away um, although it was painful to leave my, you know, six-figure job and and crazy benefits and a, a a company where I was like loved, like outright loved, you know, uh, an industry, um, at least here in New York, where I was like one of the biggest, you know, names in the game, and you know, uh, when I walked into
1: LinkedIn, listeners, let me just tell you,
2: it was as if so I came in for this
1: development day. And like, I knew Lisa was popular. Okay. I get what popular looks like. This was like on some, like, it felt like you had a cult following inside of a corporate
2: entity with like. I was an company. entrepreneur. I was building Fancy Five, you know, within the confines of this corporate structure and they loved it. They ate it up. So I was lucky in that, in that respect too. That was wow. Yep. Yeah. Um, But there was an alignment with respect to LinkedIn's corporate values and and my own, you know, corporate value and my corporate personal values. Personal values. Yeah. Very, very key. But Mercy, let me put it to you like this, because this is really important for your listeners. Right. Like sometimes you got to walk away from everything to gain everything. And so, you know, what did I walk away from? Well, or what did I walk to rather? I walked I walked towards, um, you know, my destiny. Like, I'm very clear on who I am. You know, I'm Lisa Francoeur, Lisa Francoeur, for my Haitians out there. I'm the founder and CEO of Fancyfied. You know, I'm a motivational speaker and I offer personal and professional development training. Um, and I'm also the found, co founder of Crypto Tutors, which is all about simplifying cryptocurrency through one on one tutoring and e learning. Um, to help folks transform knowledge into wealth. And that is in alignment with scaling empowerment globally because economic empowerment is something that transcends your generation, your children's you know, um, generation, but generations and communities you know, for, for eons. And so this is again, going back to legacy roadmap, like these are the things that I walk towards and I wouldn't have been able to have that level of clarity had I not made space for, for, for these ideas, these concepts, to to um you know to be fleshed out in my mind and in my heart. Let's just let that sit for a second.
1: Because what I hear is, um, this podcast is a conversation about a career path, but what you're laying out is a series of decisions you've made and continue to make that are so much greater than a career to me lisa you are the you are the embodiment of vocation or mm. calling you know or that word ikigai it's like you are really at the nexus of like purpose it just so happens that it's expressing itself with crypto it's expressing itself with the scaling emp- empowerment globally of fancy but it really feels like it's just you trying to live out like a true vision and it's and it's heart of service like at the heart of it it's not for you or even for the kids that come out it's it's way 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 out there yeah it's a dynasty it's a dynasty.
2: and i think listen mercy you know um being in sales like i think sometimes we can get caught up in the sale but it's really the service you see the value that you are contributing and i still have you know clients customers that, believe it or not, to this day, I I still have a relationship with. And I'll tell you this, you know, when you are someone who leads with light and leads with love and genuinely wants to contribute and, and, you know, make people and and environments better off um, as a result of your your, uh, encountering them and, and those environments, the truth is that it is the gift that keeps on giving because even in finding, um, even in uh, launching my 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 companies, I legitimately have you know evangelists that have opened up doors at organizations and 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 secured budget and championed me on account of the the um, dynamic of the relationships that we have and it's not it gets to a point where it's like I'm not selling I'm just stepping I'm mm-hmm. stepping further and further into my greatness. And that's the gift that I hope I can give to your listeners as they hear what it means to walk the path of purpose purposefully.
0: Boom! All right. That's this week's drop on made it brought to you by sales for the culture.
1: Hey, Nikki, if I love what I just heard and I'm black. What do I do now? Whether you're in tech sales already
2: or not, let's get you connected at salesfortheculture.com.
0: If you're Black, you're looking for your shot to make it, and you're wondering if tech sales might be your lane, when you go to salesfortheculture.com, we'll get you hooked up with Rework. They're a nonprofit organization educating uh, all sorts of folk, but but Black folk too, on on how to get into tech sales. Rework will train you and get you in a sales job. One of our partner companies like Pinterest, Salesforce, LinkedIn, and more. And going through rework won't cost you a dime. Trust me, I know I'm the CEO. You don't need any experience. We don't care about your background.
1: So whether you went to Stanford like me
0: or you didn't finish high school like me, If you bring the grind and the coachability, Rework will give you a shot.
2: Okay, so that's if you're not in tech sales, but what if you're Black and already in the game? If you're
0: Black and working in tech sales right now, you already know what it is. You can go to salesfortheculture.com too to get plugged into our Slack community with hundreds of other Black tech sellers pushing one another towards
1: it. And you'll find top shelf training opportunities, cookouts, industry-leading mentors, and other Black folk to grind with so you don't have to build alone.
0: All right, y'all. Passes on to someone you know who needs to hear about more black folk that made it. Keep doing it for the culture, and we'll see y'all next week.